we're going to be in the book of Acts chapter 4, verses 18 through 20. Acts chapter 4, verses 18 through 20. <clears throat> and it reads, Then, turn this off. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Lord, please help your servant on today bring a word for you in a timely manner. Allow this word to convict but not condemn. Allow this word to speak truth to power. We're in turbulent times today with violence and unrest and racism and sexism and all types of oppression coming back as if we're in the 50s and 60s. And God, we ask for your liberating spirit of anointing to break all burdens and yokes as the word goes forth. Allow these individuals to ignite the power that is in them the giftings that you have in them because they have been called for a time such as this. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your unmerited favor, and we know that you will make a way out of no way. In the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. As you take your seat, I want to speak to you from the subject, stand up or sit down. Stand up or sit down. Have you ever had to stand up for something you believe in? When we stand, it's normally because there is some sort of opposition facing us. So we have to muster up the courage and take action to stand against that opposition. Our world is polluted with so many images that aren't Christ-like, and we have to daily take a stand for purity and holiness. We can't let garbage into our mind and heart. We have to take a stand against anything that would hinder our relationship with God. See, we all have weaknesses and temptations. And we all face moments in our faith where we have to take a stand against things that try to hinder where God desires us to be. The only way we can live a God-honoring life is by taking a stand. In Acts chapter 4, we see some men who take a stand for their faith in Christ. In Acts chapter 4, we see Peter and John standing up for Christ through God's power. They healed a man, and the Sadducees, the religious folk, the church folk, the non-kingdom folk didn't like this or the message they were preaching, so they arrested Peter and John and put them on trial. But during the trial, the court realized that they had no legal right to keep them. Before they let Peter and John go, they threatened them. Let's look at the threat and Peter and John's response one more time. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. 
The religious men told Peter and John to stop teaching in the name of Jesus. They told them to bow down and denounce their faith in Christ. They told them to stop living out the very purpose of their being. And in this moment, after just being arrested, Peter and John stood up for Christ. Even though they were facing threats, they took a stand and told the leaders they would keep preaching and teaching Christ. In life, we may face people or things that try to get us to stop living for Christ. They, this, could cause, this could be caused by a temptation from the devil, uh, 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 from the evil one, a relationship, a member of the family, a job, a friend, or even a tragic and unexpected event. This is why Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. Paul wouldn't use this verbiage if we weren't going to face opposition. People, places, and things that would try to get us to back down instead of stand up. Peter and John faced major opposition. They were arrested, put in prison, and threatened, and they continued to stand for Christ. So let's look at what happened with them in Acts chapter 4 and learn how we can stand for Christ no matter what life brings our way. Today, I want to give you three truths to help you stand firm in your faith when life comes at you with full force. Number one, Jesus is our foundation. Jesus is our foundation. In Acts chapter 4, we see Peter and John take a strong stand for Christ in the face of people who wanted to throw them in prison and even destroy their lives and had the power to do so. One key reason Peter and John were able to stand firm in their faith is because Jesus was their foundation. Their lives were built on the solid rock of Christ. Let's look at Acts chapter 4, verses 8 through 12. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone that you builders rejected, which was, has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Peter believed that Jesus is the cornerstone. Jesus was his everything. Jesus was his foundation. They were walking and talking in the name of Jesus Christ. They knew that salvation was found in no one else. Their lives were all, all about Jesus. He was their foundation. When Jesus is our cornerstone, no matter what we face in life, we have a firm foundation to stand on. We can stand on him for him and we can walk in his strength, talk in his strength, and live in his strength. Everything we are and do is all about him. We all face trouble and opposition, but we can take a stand when we make Jesus our foundation. Jesus is a cornerstone and foundation that will never crack or grow weary. He's a cornerstone that makes a solid foundation for us to stand on seven days a week and 24 hours a day. When the storms of life come, Jesus is our firm foundation. Just like Peter and John, we must make Jesus our foundation, the cornerstone we build our life on. 
Number two, we have to obey God in the midst of opposition. Facing opposition isn't a matter of if, but when, which means we will have opportunities to obey or disobey. God hasn't called us uh, to just believe. Our faith must be vibrant and active, uh, uh, active faith that we live out. Peter and John had a vibrant, active faith. Look at eight, Acts 14, eight, Acts 4, 18 through 20 again. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. This came down to whether Peter and John would stand and obey God or bow down and give in to their fears, logic, and doubt. See, it's easy to fall into the trap where we know a lot but do little with the what we know, especially in the face of opposition. Peter and John not only listened to God, but they also obeyed and did what God told them at the risk of their own lives. Peter and John were risking their lives to stand. Some of us won't stand up because we don't want to offend our base or lose lobbying money. Ten people were killed in Buffalo and murdered and was charged for one count of murder. They combined ten lives as if only one, all of them made one life. Come on, somebody. Ten folk were killed. They usually charge you with ten counts of homicide, but because they were Negroes, y'all better watch out. They only charged him one time. But nobody want to say anything because black lives really don't matter. In America, keep it 100. Because if it did, they wouldn't get so mad when you said it. Y'all yeah, don't hear me. No, no one is saying anything because America would call it radical if you speak up for justice for people of color. 19 kids and two teachers were killed in a Texas school. The police were even afraid of the gunman because the firepower and the armor he had. I have uh, to be 21 to get a drink. Even when church folk get on my nerves. I got to be 25 to rent a car. I need to have a background check to adopt a dog that's going to get put to sleep if I don't Take it out of the kennel. But I can just go get a gun. Oh, y'all don't hear me. I, don't, I, I can just go get one even if I got mental problems, even if I'm racist, even if they see my fake book is crazy. I can go buy multiple rounds. I can go get body armor. I can get all this stuff. But nobody speaks because the NRA gives me money. Oh, y'all yeah, don't hear what I'm saying. We, we have put politicians in office that just want to line their pockets and don't want to take up for the people of God. Don't care when somebody get killed. Don't care when people get, you know what? I really knew that they didn't care when white folks start getting shot and they ain't do nothing at all. Because at the end of the day, baby.
baby. All they care about is mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. And while y'all don't hear me, I am so tired of this mess. I am so tired of non-kingdom-minded people running the world. You better get off of your blessed assurance and start putting yourself in politics. Start putting yourself in the schools. Start putting yourself in the law system. God needs us to take authority and take over this world because God does not run the world. He runs us and we run the world. Take your authority. Folk, you worried about your reputation. You, you worried about your pockets. You worried about your base. You worried about your popularity. You worried about trying to look. Uh, you may look too radical. These two men of God was about to lose their life. And still said, don't start none. Won't be none. Knock if you buck. <laughs> as the ancient hip-hop writer wrote a few years ago. <laughs> Tired of it. But a lot of us come to church as if this is the battleground. That's why you fuss with your neighbor so much. This ain't the battleground, baby. This the locker room. This is the day when I give you your pep talk and I tell you what you need to go when you go outside. I tell you, look here. Get up off your blessed assurance and walk by faith and not by sight, but faith without works is dead. Get up off your blessed assurance and gonna do something in the world. Kick it in the gates of hell. Kick it in the gates of hell is not hell itself. It's kicking in the gates of education. Kicking in the gates of politics. Kicking in the gates of law. Kicking in the gates of whatever it is God has called you to do to bring your kingdom to dominion into that place because you are salt. You're supposed to change the flavor of things that need to be changed and preserve the flavor of things that need to stay the same. You're supposed to be salty and some of y'all ain't salty enough. You want to be politically correct all the time. You want to say the right things. You want to make sure you cross all your T's and dot all your I's to make sure you don't offend anybody. But Jesus offended somebody every day and did not care. Silence of leaders is a deafening sound to my ears. You speak loudest when you say nothing. And you sit there and let all these policies go by because you want to be politically correct. You want to make sure you get your money. Can I tell you something? I'm so glad I ain't got no strings attached to me. Because God said he will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Y'all don't hear me? You, you got to get some kingdom folk that don't... You got to get some kingdom folk that don't look for money, but look for do the right thing for the people. You got to look for some people that's really there to serve the people and not themselves. You know what I learned? It's hard for me to run in this race. I know God told me, but you know what I got to do all the time? Talk about myself. It's hard for me. It's like you're supposed to get God the glory, but I know you got to talk about yourself at least a little bit to win. But sometimes if you keep talking about yourself and you don't stay rooted and pray, you will start thinking you did it by your own might. You will start thinking that God didn't do it. You got to understand that God is the author and finisher of your faith. If you win, it was God's will. If you lose, it was God's will. You got to stop acting like you did it all yourself. But I found out the weakness of politicians. The weakness is everybody.
somebody telling them to talk about themselves. Talk about yourself. No, you need to talk about the vision. You need to talk about what you need to do to make this world better. Stop talking about yourself. It's about the vision. It's about God. It's about his dominion. And I'm so tired of these weak jellyback folk in power that don't want to be controversial. Oh, let me stop because I'm getting upset. You got to learn. I need y'all to vote. That's how you sit folk down. Yeah, that's how you sit folk down when they ain't doing nothing. You tell them I need you to stand up or I'm going to have to sit you down. I know the time they stand up or sit down, but I might have to make you sit down because you're not doing anything for the people. You're doing stuff for yourself. Ooh. To stand firm in our faith, we have to do what James tells us. <clears throat> he says we can't just be hearers of the word. We also must be doers of the word, regardless of the opposition we face. We must put feet to our faith and keep walking even though, <clears throat> even through the valley of the shadow of death. We must keep walking through the rough terrain of the mountains of life. And we must keep walking when the storms of life comes at us. I found that one of the main challenges is obeying, in obeying God is in the midst of our position is that we can begin to wonder about the outcome. Will God help us? Will, will God come through in the way we hope he will? Will we have to suffer for standing firm? We know that if God doesn't show up the way we want him to, this could get real ugly real quick. Oftentimes, we have a battle. Uh, 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 our, we have to battle our flesh and common sense to stand firm. For Peter and John, common sense would have been to keep a little quieter about Jesus so that they weren't get thrown into prison, beaten, or even worse, or killed. Our flesh tells us to back down and sit down but our flesh says just go with the crowd be popular don't ruffle anyone's feathers but a major part of obeying God is standing firm and trusting God even when it doesn't make sense King said the true measure of a man is not when where he stands in moments of comfort and 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 and, and, and comfort but it's when how he stands in moments of opposition and challenge when you're going through hell, it'll squeeze out what's in you. Remember I told you about Gatorade? Gatorade says, don't catch a cramp, then start drinking it and blame us. They got a commercial that say, is it in you? And the people, when they sit down or when they plan the sweat of Gatorade, whatever kind of lemon come out of them, or the red or, 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 or the purple or the blue or whatever color that they drink, they begin to sweat Gatorade instead of regular sweat, and they don't catch cramps in the game. Why? Because Gatorade said, if it's in you, you will be all right. If Christ is in you, you will be all right. You will stand against opposition. You will walk against serpents. You won't worry about how people look at your vote. You won't worry about if you make it one term or two term because you know that God is the author and finisher of your faith and he who began a good work in you shall finish it. You don't worry about your popularity. You don't worry about your party. You don't worry about your base. You don't worry about how you look because when you have the silent foundation of Jesus, you do what's pleasing to him 
not even yourself. People get mad at them because I say no. Get mad at me because I say no. Well, I tell myself no to myself more than I say no to you, baby. So if I can say no to myself because what God wants me to do is either to tell you no. If, if God tell me no to commission I earn, here come the story again. 60000 if he can tell me no, and I say no to myself, no to you. In fact, heaven no. <laughs> hey. <laughs> In fact, if you don't agree with me, you go to heaven right now. <laughs> Let me get in the word. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Peter and John trusted God with their hearts, with all their hearts, and they didn't lean on their own understanding. They were all in for Jesus, no matter the cost. Living for Christ isn't always easy. We will face opposition, but we must obey God in the midst of opposition and stand firm because he is worthy. Because he died for us. The least we can do is live for him. We must take a stand by being obedient. Number three, third point. It's just a rebuild you ain't tell I did points today. Number three. We stand for Jesus. He shines through us. It's powerful to watch what happens when Peter and John stand firm in their faith. Acts 4.4 4 says, But many who heard the message believed, so that the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. I almost want to share a story, but I don't want to put people's business out there. But I'm going to keep it to myself. I'm going to just stay to the text. Talking to myself right now, not talking to y'all. I'm just having a conversation. Because they stood firm. Many people heard the message of Christ and believed. Many people were snatched out of the kingdom of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of light because two men stood firm in their faith in the face of opposition. When we stand, people see the Jesus in us because they scared to stand. But when you stand, they begin to look at you. I stood in a situation where people began to come at me and I stood there and I began to say, God is going to deal with this person because I don't have the energy to deal with them. So I'm giving it to God. I warned the person. I warned them through the grapevine. I told them this is going to happen if you don't leave me alone because I don't have the energy to deal with you right now. And when things began to happen in this person's life, people began to come to me and say, my God, what in the world is going on? You began to say what God was going to do and it happened just the way you said it. How did you know that? Because God can get vengeance better than me. Yeah, Y'all don't hear me. And he ain't avenging me, avenging me for me, he avenging me for himself. Because when you're doing something for the kingdom and people come against you, God is your original OG. He will handle your enemy. 
See, see, you got to understand, when you get mad and you fight back, you can only do so much. God is creative when he gets folk. I don't want to start giving no examples. But God will deal with folk. Y'all better hear me. God would deal with people if you just step back and let him have it. Can I say, people say, you better than me. You know, you know when black folks say that, they, they calling you stupid. You know that, right? White people out there, whenever a black person say, you better than me, they calling you dumb. And so they kept saying, you better than me. And I'm like, I ain't better than you. I just am more vindictive in the spirit than I am in the natural. Because God said, if I love my enemy and let him handle it, it's like pouring hot coals on their head. So he's letting me know I can't get vengeance as best as him. In fact, the Bible says it better if you would tie an anchor around your neck and cast yourself in the sea than to touch one of my choir folk. And I don't say choir folk, you know what I'm saying. It, it, it's better for you to cast yourself in the fire than to touch one of my own. So why am I going to get vengeance myself? See, you know what I do? When people bother me and I keep talking back, I'm really trying to protect them. I'm for real. Y'all think I'm trying to be funny. I'm not. I know I joke a lot, but this ain't no joke. I try to handle it until I get tired. And I'm like, well, look here, I'm warning you. I'm giving this to God because I'm tired. I can't keep putting you down. I'm tired. I'm in an arena. I don't understand. I know you've been bothering me for years, but today I'm tired because I'm running for this thing that I ain't never done before, and I ain't never done it. So, you know, normally when people come at me, I'll be like, all right, go down and sit down, little boy. Go on now. Look, girl, go on now. Because I'm on a solid foundation. But then I began to step in an arena I ain't been in before, so now I'm tired. Now I got to go to more meetings I've been going to. Now I got to talk to people individually. People say, oh, oh, I know you're not an introvert. Yes, I am. So now, but now I got to push myself and talk to people individually. Either talk to a crowd, you ain't going to talk back. Well, if you do, I can ignore you because I got the mic. And so when I got to the point where I knew I couldn't handle it, I said, God, I need you to step in. And God began to shift everything because I was doing what it is he told me to do. Can I tell you something? You will have unmerited favor. You will have unrelenting faith when you know you're doing exactly what God is telling you to do and you keep Jesus as your foundation. It don't matter how much hell comes at you. It don't matter if people from high places come from you. It don't matter about the principality from high places that come at you because when you have the confidence and understand that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You won't be scared to make any move God tells you to move because you know he got your back because you're doing it for his kingdom. They stood firm. I want to show you how God shines through us when we stand for him. Acts 4.13 says when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. <laughs> see, see, we see that people hadn't crossed the line of faith yet, but they were amazed and astonished by the courage and boldness of Peter and John and realized they were just regular folk. 
Can you imagine how scared the Philistines became when David, the little boy with skinny jeans, went out there with a rag and a rock with no sword, no helmet, no armor, and killed the giant? Do you understand how afraid they had to be? Because they probably thought they didn't even want to have the waste of time to fight Goliath. They was waiting on the little boy to come out here and fight us. When you are just a normal person, God wants to use you. Why? He wants to use the foolishness of men to confine the why. When you look at yourself and look at your qualifications and look at how unqualified you are, that is the makers of God is about to use you. Stop looking down on yourself and know that God will take a little boy with a rag and a rock to kill the best soldier the Philistines got. God will take a stuttering preacher like like Moses and split the Red Sea and get people right at the promise and God to take a crybaby like Jeremiah and write the one of the greatest books in the Bible. God to take a whoremonger like David and use him to change a nation. God to use a cusser like Isaiah and change the world. Stop looking down on yourself and look at the greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. The same Holy Ghost power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. Stop looking down on yourself. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, if you can go to school, go and get your credentials. But even if you don't have them, God can still use you. God doesn't care. It's funny, when I first got here, the most I had preached was probably three times in one year. Maybe four. If you count the jail, maybe I preached more than that because people would come and be scared to preach, and then I had to go into jail because I was over prison ministry. But you know, maybe I preached a little more than that when I did that. But I went getting called, and I got here. Oh, Lord. Had to stop working on my doctor degree because I'm like, I ain't going to have time. I got to preach on Sunday and Wednesday. 52 times 2. Oh, Lord. I got to preach 104 times. I only preach four. That's 100 more times I've been preaching a whole year. <laughs> when I looked at the wall, remember they had on the wall when y'all was interviewing me, experience. None had it in caps. At least you could have put it in a normal letter. <laughs> hey, John, without interviewing, they had everybody. This dude had 10 years. This person had 12. This person had two. They put none in caps to make sure they knew I ain't know nothing. <laughs> Look, all you needed was a capital N. But no, they want a capital O, the N, and the other N, and the E. Jesus, help me, Lord. None. Loud, screaming it. Don't vote with this Negro. That's all I saw when I saw the wall. <laughs> I don't know how he got in here, but he ain't got no experience. <laughs> but God has used us to move a city together. No experience. No credentials. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Now, I had a degree, a doctor degree, but it wasn't, and, and, and you know, I had a master's divinity and all that stuff. I was educated, but then they ain't had no experience in pastoring. None. You don't need experience. All you need is God. Those police officers had trained for years, but stood outside the door for an hour because they were scared. Yet parents with no guns were trying to bun rush and they were tasing them because they didn't care if they had guns or not. They had something. 
something inside of me that said, my baby is in trouble and God will protect me and I'll run in here butt naked without a gun, a grenade, a bullet, or a knife. Y'all got to understand, it's not about your experience. It's about your anointing. Because they stood, people that didn't even believe in God had to be moved. (laughs) People that didn't even believe in God began to say, what is this power that you walking in? I want to know this. God is about to use some of you all in situations that don't make any sense that other people couldn't do and they're going to be moved. Now some haters going to get mad. Because they're going to be mad because you're making them look bad because you ain't got no experience. They got years of experience and you did what they couldn't do. Why? Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't need a degree. I don't need experience. I don't need your training. I don't need all of these training that you say I got to go to. Why? Because I'm anointed by God. And every now and then I go to your training to study to show myself approved. But I've already been ordained by God. Before I was in my mother's womb, he knew me. Let me get out of here. I'm talking a little long. When we stand for Jesus, we are also shine through our conversation and words. Acts 4.31 says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. See, you see, when you're going into something, you got to speak the word of God. You, you can't go in there speaking your words. I'm going to get you. Girl, you better watch out. Put my Vaseline on. No! You got to say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of them, I shall fear no evil. You better start telling them, even if, even if my mother and father forsake me, God will never leave me. You better start putting some scriptures on that situation. He who began a good work in me shall finish it. Put his word on it and you will speak boldly and his word because the Holy Ghost feeds off those words and it will magnify himself within you and you will be able to do things nobody else can do. Forget Captain Kirk and Dr. Spock. You will go places no man or woman has ever gone before because you walk in the anointing. Who Acts chapter 4, 32 through 37. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possession was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that all that were there, no needed persons were among them. For from time to time, those who owned land and houses or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. When we stand firm for God and pray, the Holy Spirit gives us power to stand together and let our light shine. 
God builds his church through people who stand firm on the solid foundation of Christ, who pray, who are filled with the Spirit, and who stand together in faith. This is how God built the early church, and this is how God is still building his church today. He's looking for men and women who will stand for him. No matter the opposition, we must stand for God so that he can shine through us. It's vitally important to me that you understand that you will face opposition in life. As you surrender your life to Christ, the enemy of your soul, Satan, wants to do everything possible to oppose you and hinder you from coming to Christ. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to press past any opposition and to give your life to Christ. Peter and John left everything to follow Jesus. And once Jesus became their foundation, God used them to do mighty things that have literally impacted millions and millions of people. When you surrender your life to Christ, not only will he forgive you, but he will give you a new purpose for living and begin to use your life to advance his kingdom. After you make the decision to give your life to Christ, stand with both feet. Plant it firmly. And as you stand on the solid rock of Christ, be committed to praying and reading God's word. As you pray to God and follow his word, he will give you the strength, direction, and peace to make it through any challenge. He helped Peter and John, even though they was about to be put to death, he can help you with your reputation. Come on, somebody. He can help you with your base. He can help you raise funds for your campaign. You, you, you don't need to go to the world for anything. God says apply all of your needs according to its riches and glory. If you really want to be sold out for Christ, first of all, you have to know him. And the Bible says, if you are ashamed of me publicly, I'll be ashamed of you in front of my father. But if you acknowledge me publicly, I will acknowledge you before my father. And what he's saying is on the day of judgment, if you don't... Tell everybody that you love Jesus and he's the son of God and he died for your sins. If you're ashamed of him publicly, he'll be ashamed of you. That's why some people, when they say, I'm scared, I didn't want to come in front of people, I at least bring three more people around them and say, look, tell them you know Jesus. Because people done caught me in the hallway and joined the church because they scared. And I get it, you shy, but you can't be ashamed of Jesus. And one day, that's something you can't be shy about. You understand? And we'll catch them. I say, hey, bring somebody. Hey, come over here. Come over here. They want to join the church because I got to at least bring two or three more witnesses. Because you just can't tell me by yourself. You need to confess that he's Jesus. So when you get to the gates, he'll let you in. 